Hello, and welcome to Elite Sales Institute's Conversation, where we speak with successful sales professionals, executives, and entrepreneurs to get their impressions and insights on selling their products and services in an ever-challenging and dynamic marketplace. I'm Patrick Carter, your host and founder of Elite Sales Institute. Let's get started. Do me a favor. Tell me, for the record, why don't you tell me your name, what you do, and where you do it. Kendall Coleman, attorney. My office in Clifton, 340 Clifton Avenue, and my office uh, 115 River Road in Edgewater. Sales is not just for salesmen. It happens everywhere that everybody in every walk of life is helping a client exchange money for goods and services. In the classical sales model, there's five steps. There's the opening where I meet you, hello, how are you, this is what I do. You have a qualifying period where you talk and you find out what the client's needs are. You do some sort of a presentation to say, this is how I can fill those needs. You have some level of objection. Everything from I don't need what you think I need to you cost too much (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. all the way to the end where you all agree that, yes, I would like to hire you as my attorney. I would like to uh, engage your services. And then you are off in doing the business of lawyering. That's what intrigued me when I said, listen, there's someone that I'd love to talk to and find out how you approach the sale. I know from personal experience how, how good you are as an attorney. Not counting referrals. How do you get clients? How how does that happen? Yeah, I mean, that's the most difficult question because um, most of my clientele comes from, I'd say 90% is referrals. When people call me, they would say, well, you know, I was doing research and I saw you on a, on a website. It's mainly from some website that they saw me on. So, I, you know, I tried the, the mail marketing once. You know how you when you get a speeding ticket and you you receive twenty letters from attorneys. <laughs> <laughs> I, I you know I I did do that for about one month and I said and then I w- I would have clients come to my office and they hated it so much, so I dropped it. You know I did a lot of networking when I was younger. Okay. Um. You know I I don't do as much networking anymore for some reason I just don't go out like I used to. <laughs> but a, a, a lot of it we'll, did come we'll, we'll from networking. Those, we'll leave some of those stories alone. <laughs> yes, yes. I mean, I did a lot of I did a lot of political events. You know, I had to go. I had, I went and I would pay my three hundred dollars to go to an event, and I would do everything I had to do to meet certain people. You know, that's how I built my practice up. I you know I just wasn't home, and I had to meet these people. So, so, you, so you you were doing the real guerrilla marketing. You were out shaking hands, getting your yes. name out there. Yes, that's how it all started. When I opened my practice and I left a law firm, it was all it was all about going to these events and meeting these people and saying who I am and just giving me an opportunity and I can prove myself. I started out where, you know, you could as an attorney, most attorneys would have charged, let's say, ten thousand dollars. I had to charge $1,500 still just to start getting my name out. You had to sacrifice in that aspect. So that's the reason I believe now, 14, 15 years later, that I don't have to go out as much because I did a lot of favors for people in the beginning. We talked about 
how you got started. But now your practice, as you said, runs 90% on referrals. When a client is referred to you, how do you navigate that sales cycle to A, find out if it's going to be a good fit and then handle their concerns and get them to, I've now engaged a new client? Um, obviously, every everyone's different. So when I'm sitting down with someone now, you know, when you're a younger attorney, you, you say, you know what, I'm taking this client because I need the money, right? <laughs> if, if they're going to hire me, I'm going to take it. Um, one thing I learned is never take more than you can handle. When I'm dealing with a client now, I, I always put myself in their shoes. You attempt to say, well, you know, if I was this person, how would I be feeling right now? What what am What am I going through? Because, you know, as an attorney, you have to have some compassion for a person, and you have to understand what they're going through. So that's the first thing I try to do is to listen to that person, put myself in their shoes. Um, you, you say, well, maybe this person made a bad mistake. It's a criminal action, and they're going through a divorce. Is it, is it about the money? Is it about the children? To the corporation, what, you know, what is this corporation dealing with? Is it some fiduciary duty that the, that the president hasn't done? Is it some contract issue, you get to build that one-on-one -on -one relationship with that client after you put yourself in their situation. It, it, the, you know, you pretty much sell yourself when you can do that. The perfect example is today. I was in court, and there was a mediator there. He's 75 years old. He retired when he was 60. This was one of the most impressive attorneys I've ever met in my life. <laughs> I mean, I'm telling you, I, I, I cannot give anyone higher praise than I give it. I mean, he was so compassionate when he was listening to both parties. I mean, it was an amazing, amazing person. Obviously, he knew the law, but the compassion he showed people, I would have hired him in a minute. If someone would chose to ask me, uh, should I hire you over him, I would have I definitely said no. <laughs> Not even possible. <laughs> you want somebody who's really compassionate and understands your situation. Cool. Now, here's a, here's a challenge. Uh, we had in an earlier episode of Conversations what a business owner talked about the idea of bad money. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you're in a different place now, and you mentioned that earlier in your career, client to client. Mm -hmm. at, what, at what point now do you listen with that compassionate ear and say, you know what, this is not going to be a fit? How do you handle that no? Um, you know, I've never really learned how to handle that. No, I, today, <laughs> a person will come into your office and you just have a really bad feeling about a person. It happened to me recently. Um, this guy was referred to me and I just, I can't say I disliked him where I did dislike him. I didn't have a good feeling about him at all. I mean, he was ready to offer me, you know, the money that I wanted, but as, as a professional, as, you know, if you can't really have a good feeling or, or like somebody, how can you represent them? And, you know, when I was young, I did because you wanted to build your practice. You needed, you know, funds and everything else. But now um, I pretty much say I don't – I pretty much say I, I call you back and I don't. <laughs> 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 I'm lying to you. I, I pretty much say today that I I can't – I cannot represent you. I don't say the reason why. I, and I am a busy person, so I just say because of my schedule, I can't represent you. Okay, so no, that's cool. That as professional and, and as honest as a client should want from you, you know. So, so again, we talk about how you, uh, in opening and how you build that rapport and how, you, like you said, you in the 
qualifying, you find that compassion. And in finding that relationship, you and the clients come to an agreement that this is who you are. And I, and that is, again, part of the reason that when I had the need for an attorney, there was no question. And you know, I know a lot of attorneys. <laughs> I know you do, and I, I still thank you for using. Oh, please. <laughs> so here's a question. Let's you know, you and I have spoken briefly about your website, um, mm-hmm. and you mentioned that a lot of clients found and do find you through the various marketing methods that you use, and I'm assuming that a number of them are these online listings, if you will. How has technology helped you in building and maintaining your practice? Well, it's helped a lot. I mean, obviously, everyone today is is technology savvy. The first thing they do is go to uh, Facebook or, or one of these other sites. Um, they've done their research. And, it, you know, the the good thing about technology is when when people are um, attorney shopping, they don't have to call me and ask me questions. They can just go ahead and look at, you know, different comments on different sites instead of wasting time. And that aspect, it has really helped me because you do spend a lot of time with people, you know, one, trying to get free legal advice, um, two, trying to just attorney shop to see who's the cheapest. So, you know, now they can just go on to whatever site and they say, you know, okay, this is the one I'm going to go with. Cool. So that back in the day, TV lawyer come in for a free consultation, all that, that period is over and technology has saved everybody that valuable time, huh? Yes. (laughs) He said yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Knowing what you know about your business now. Mm Mm-hmm. What would you tell an earlier version of you? Like I said before, one, I think the first thing I was I would tell the earlier version is never take more than you can handle. You know, you you know you should say no to to a client and you say yes for because they're crying and you know you think you can save the world. And I realize now I can't save the world. So I would definitely say definitely number one is is don't take more than I can handle. Number two is um, get paid up front. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Always get paid up front. You want to help people. And a lot of people can't afford to pay that that retainer up front. And you feel, you know, you do feel bad for them. But I learned the hard way. You got to be a stickler when it comes to that. And if if you don't know how to say no to a client, it will affect you eventually. Big yeah, time. well, I can I can only imagine if you're saying yeah. yes to a lot of stuff. I mean, you can't you if you're saying yes and you're not getting the money, you can't even hire the staff to support all this work that you just brought in because there's no that's, money there. That's a losing proposition right off the bat. Big time. Um, my clients who normally who paid up front and done with, I mean, they, they, they it's just no worries about them. I don't know. It's 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 amazing to me. Because their level of satisfaction is high because, you know, they know that you've done everything that you sh- that you could and should have to remedy their situation. And that's, exactly. and that's why they're satisfied and not calling. You're doing the thing as a young entrepreneur. You've got two offices. You have staff. Looking back from a place of success, and I'm not saying that you're where you want to be, but any observer on the outside would look in and say, that brother is successful. The final mm-hmm. question would be, what would you say to those young entrepreneurs who are getting started? And I mentioned to you earlier about the, the attorney I met today. Working with someone like that kind of person, 
Um, I, I was fortunate enough before I went out on my own to work with a couple good attorneys, and I learned a lot. To me, before you just jump into it, really, really work with someone who's knowledgeable, who you can learn from, who, has, who takes time to try to, you know, they can't hold your hand, but just watch somebody who's really knowledgeable about whatever it is that you're trying to do. Right. Right and pay attention to it. So, you know? so like if if you can apprentice, if for, for lack of a better word, like you're saying, be in it, watch how it's done, and then mm. don't just try to reinvent the wheel. Right. I read today. It was a great thought uh, that you personally don't have the time to learn all the lessons that you are going to need in life. You need to learn from the mistakes of others. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the purpose of really working with someone, and, and you can watch and you can pay attention to it. We are going to make mistakes no matter what. I don't, I, you know, I haven't met anyone who doesn't make mistakes. But you have to have that ability to get over that whatever mistake it is and move on and continue doing what you have to do. I so. hear that, man. I appreciate your time. Again, we have Kendall Coleman, attorney at law. If somebody wanted to get in touch with you, how would they do that? They can call me. 973-473-0112 or just go to kendallcoleman.net. Thank you very much. Thank you so very much. You all have been listening to Conversations. My name is Pat Carter with Kendall Coleman, Esquire. You all have a great afternoon. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you for listening to this episode of Conversations. To hear more episodes, visit EliteSalesInstitute.com and sign in. Our music is courtesy of PurplePlanetMusic.com. Again, this is Patrick Carter for Elite Sales Institute. See you next time.